Everybody, welcome to The Move Plus. This week, we are breaking down the biggest transfers so far in the cycling offseason. We have Naira Quintana going to Movistar from unemployment, not racing last year. Primoz Roglic going from Yumbo to Bora. And Teo Gegenhart going from Ineos to Little Trek. And we'll discuss how that affects their teams that both they're going to and that they're leaving. But first, let's hear from our sponsors. Hope you're enjoying this edition of The Move Plus. I'm just going to jump in here for a second and tell you about one of our uh, partners that we're just uh, so grateful for because we all use the product. Uh, we got introduced to One Skin about a year ago. Here's the those of you watching on YouTube. Here's their daily topical that I use. And uh, it's really a remarkable product. They basically have identif identified a peptide by testing thousands of them that just increases the appearance and firmness of your skin. As simple as that. Uh, it actually, it, you know, you can read more about it online to get very detailed and scientific, but basically it also, um, it reduces and eliminates what they call zombie cells. Those are dead cells in your skin. And that's why it can create more collagen and more new firmness. So this is a daily thing for me, especially when I have uh, allergies and things like that. I wake up, I have this puffiness in my eyes. Then I bust out this product right here, their OS1 eye supplement. I put this under my eyes right here and it helps with some of that puffiness and bagginess when I'm having bad allergies. Uh, really, really remarkable product. They, In fact, they just sent me this cool travel kit with their whole line of products. I've started using all of them. Wish I had started using them sooner. That's my only regret. Get 15% off with the code THEMOVE at oneskin.co. All right, one O-N-E-S-K-I-N dot co, not dot com, dot co. 15% off on your purchase from the move. So Johan, the, the biggest riders we talked about changing teams this off season, or I guess re-entering the world tour after a season of rest and recovery and Quintana's case are Teo Gegenhart going from Ineos to Little Trek, Primoz Roglic going from Yumbo Visma to Bora, hands grow, and Naira Quintana going from unemployment to Movistar. What's your big, let's start with Quintana. To me, this is the juiciest one. I frankly <laughs> didn't see this coming at all. Um, he went from, and I, I don't want to get too deep into the case of what happened, but he tested positive for a band, like a lightly banned painkiller at the Tramadol at the 2022 yeah. Tour de France. He lost that result, pretty good result, sixth place, I believe, but he's not banned, you know, technically. Um, there were questions about how could this happen? It actually doesn't look that good because if you know that it's banned and you know you're getting tested, why would you take it? That's yeah. a little strange. I think that's an unanswered question a lot of people had. He sits out a year. I frankly didn't see him coming back. He comes back out of nowhere, signed by Movistar. Why is this happening? And I, I'd be curious, like, how do you think he fits into the team? And like, what do you think he's getting made, getting paid? Do you think they got a good deal on this? Yeah, well, I, I think, you know, uh, obviously he got banned from the tour for Tramadol. Uh, as of today, Tramadol is, this is, you know, one of these uh, special rules for cycling, right? Tramadol is not on the banned list of WADA. The UCI has banned it because it's a painkiller and supposedly it, uh, you know, makes your, your reflexes slower and it could be dangerous on a bike, which makes sense. So um, it's, a, it's not allowed in competition. Uh, it was allowed out of competition. It's going to be on the banned list next year. So all sports 
will be treated the same way, but cycling had a special rule uh, for tramadol. Um, I don't understand either uh, because it's absolutely not performance enhancing. So <laughs> on the contrary, it would make you go slower. Um, and, you know, unless you have a big injury and a lot of pain, but then, you know, if you know it's banned, I think there's other painkillers that are allowed. And especially, you know, in the tour where you know you're going to get tested for sure. So uh, that's a bit of a mystery. Um, 2023, no team. Uh, he's been trying, trying. He's been, he did compete, however, at the beginning of the year in the, in the national championships in Colombia, individually. He got third, I think. Uh, third position um but yeah here to, for me it's clear that this is definitely a decision that's been made uh on a higher level than the team movistar i think it's a corporate decision um movistar telefonica um is uh, you know a global company and with huge interest in in latin america and and naira quintana in colombia is he has a godlike status you know, he is incredibly popular. It's it's crazy. If you see, you know, when these guys go training, um, there's pelotons behind them, cyclists and cars. It's 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 an unbelievable I mean it's unbelievable to see. So he's incredibly popular and and I think that uh, uh Telefonica company, the sponsor, had a big say in rehiring Naru Quintana for for Team Movistar. Personally, I mean I I, I don't dislike it, man. I mean, um, they have Enric Mas uh, as their leader for the Grand Tours. Um, but, you know, I mean, Enric Mas, with all due respect, he he has his limits. You know, I mean, in the Tour, what could you expect from Enric Mas? Fifth, fourth, maybe. Uh, let's not forget Quintana was sixth in uh, 2021, uh, 2022. Um, and he was not not uh, in great shape. Um, I think he remains one of the best climbers. Uh, let's not forget ex Tour the Tour of Italy winner, ex Tour of Spain winner, um, and for sure extremely motivated. And from what I've been hearing from inside the the peloton is that uh, during the whole year, basically because he uh, Quintana lives in Andorra during the season. Uh, and he's been training there a lot, even if he wasn't racing in Europe. And apparently he was flying. He was hurting everybody on training rides and climbs. So I have no doubt he's going to be back on his level. Um, and, you know, um, nothing has been said yet if Quintana will go to the tour. I think personally, uh, Quintana, if I would be the team direction there, I would focus fit Quintana on, on the Giro and then later on the season on the Vuelta uh, and, and leave the tour for, for Enric Mas. I think that would make sense. Yeah, I, I, I like that in theory. And I am of two minds about this. As you say, it's, it's a pretty good pickup. Let's just, let's say they got a deal. I can't imagine the price was, was crazy for a rider that wasn't on another team. It mm -hmm. was like, hey, do you want to sit at home for another year? Or do you want to race for us? I assume they got some decent deal on him. The yeah, for sure. Problem for sure. I have with this and and splitting them up, I think would be the right decision. But in Enric Mas, good rider, but age twenty eight, and he did get so he got fifth of the twenty twenty tour, sixth at the twenty twenty one tour. So you'd say about the same as Quintana around that same time period. He's had a few impressive second places at the Vuelta. I came away from this 
last fall to though thinking like is that as good as we're ever going to see Enric Moss you know he was he was good he wasn't bad really he just kind of looked outclassed when other riders were going really really hard when the best riders in the world were all racing at close to their top speed it just seemed like he's not good enough mm-hmm. to compete and I just had a feeling of like this might be it I think we've seen peak Moss and we're going to see like if he wasn't Spanish and Movistar didn't exist is he Welko Kelderman? That might be a crazy thing to say, but does he just yeah, have to go to yeah. Yumbo yeah, and be a domestic? You have a point. I mean, you know, Enric Mas is has been and is criticized a lot in Spain, you know, by the Spanish press because, you know, he he follows, he never attacks, but hey, he, he can't do any better. I mean, he's a <laughs> yeah, very I good, love that. The, the thing is, he is a very good rider, Spencer. He's a very good rider. I mean, he was two times second in the Vuelta. Um, Two times or three times? I don't. I don't remember now. Anyway, two times. Yeah. Um, oh no, three times. Sorry, I forgot about yeah. 2018. You know, top five in the tour. Uh, it's not given to everybody. You know, there's not that many riders who can say that. You know, they have four top five places in Grand Tours. Um, but I think that's his limit. You know, but he's 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 a great rider, but uh, he's not he's not somebody who can say, hey, you know, we're going to put the whole team around him and. He is going to be on the podium. We don't know which step, but he's going to be on the podium. That's not Enric Mas. So in in that aspect, I think that the addition of Quintana for Movistar is great, uh, sports-wise. Uh, but above all, I repeat, for Movistar and the brand Telefonica, this is a huge move. Uh, Latin America, I mean, I do remember when... When uh, there was this, let's not forget, Quintana has his history with Movistar. And, you know, he left kind of, I'm not, I'm not going to say on bad terms, but there was, uh, you know, the, not, a good, not a good understanding between him and Enrique Mas, and especially not between him and Valverde. And I do know from people that have told me from Colombia, for example, that the company Telefonica, Movistar, has suffered tremendously. When Movistar basically chose the side of the Spanish guys and and let Quintana go, um, so now he's back. So great, everybody happy. Yeah, I understand it from a business perspective, and it makes a lot of sense. And as we said, Enric Mas, good, not great. You don't not bring Quintana in because you want to protect Enric Mas's place in the team. Like it feels like they can both coexist. Yeah, my big problem, and I also I love the criticism of Enric Mas, where it's like he doesn't attack. What's like, well, he can't. He's going as fast <laughs> as he possibly can. What do you want him to do? But so, just setting, just acknowledging that I I see why they're doing it, and I see why it could be good. You know, they could get fifth at the tour with Nairo in theory. I don't really. Do we even have a lot of good examples of riders sitting out a year at that age? And coming back, in theory, you could say, well, maybe it helps them because they're rested. But I don't know. I feel like once you start sitting out at that age, it is hard to get back in. I guess that's, you have history with this, with Mr. That's Armstrong. The, that's the, but that's the big question. Uh, in this, in today's cycling, one year is huge. Yeah. Because, you know, the level keeps going up bit by bit, half a percentage, one percent every year, you know. Uh, the only thing that, that I know is that he's been training with all these guys in Andorra and it's full of professional cyclists. There are a lot of really good riders live in Andorra and they all say, he is flying. So I'm personally not too worried about Quintana's form and that he, he will be back at the same level 
Now the the question is: Is the the best level of Quintana good enough in in next year cycling to be in the front? Uh, I guess, uh, yeah. I guess that depends what race we're talking about. If we're talking yeah, about yeah, Volta Valenciana, I think he could win it. <laughs> so, <laughs> and and I don't think they should scoff at that. I mean, Movistar is not in a position to like scoff at any wins that could come their way. But my big problem with it is, so Naira's thirty three, second oldest guy on the team. Time and energy will go into him as a leader. Every race he's at, he he will be a leader. He's a proud guy. I don't think he's really ever been a domestique. Mm-hmm. And you look at their roster and you look at younger riders and you say, who are, are they not going after young GC talents like they should? I mean, I looked at their roster and the riders below 25, you don't see a lot of emerging mm-hmm. stars, you would say. You say you have Or Lascano. I don't know if that's how you say his name. Really good rider. But it just seems like there's a lot of young talents out there. And are, is Movistar kind of stuck at a certain generation and not focusing enough on those? Yeah, I think I think at this point, Movistar is not the sexy team anymore that everybody wants to go to. You know, uh, there's other options. You know, there's Jumbo. There's, I mean, Alpecin, uh Name them. Um, Bora. You know, not, not I mean, of course, UAE. Uh, but all these talents, obviously, they 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 know and they see. And I think we have the example, for example, of uh, Matteo Jorgensen, who is leaving Movistar specifically for that reason, because he thinks that if he stayed at Movistar, where he had actually the opportunity to be one of the leaders, uh, he left to Jumbo Visma because he thinks that they're running behind at Movistar. So yeah, he's going from a worse or a better racing situation to a worse racing situation mm-hmm. just to go to Yumbo. I don't yeah. Yeah. That that feels bad for Movistar. Yeah. No, I think I think that's and and, and, and I, it's a bit logical. You know, like, listen, I mean, the the top management, uh, they've been around for more than 40 years, Spencer. Hey, Asebio. It's it's been well. It's been a nice run. Come on, <laughs> move on, you know? <laughs> I, I have a lot of respect for, I mean, obviously a lot of respect for him. No, it's listen, amazing no, what he's it, done, but. Yeah, it is. It is, but, you know, time time goes, you know, time goes fast and um, there's, you know, they're trying, they're trying to keep up, but I don't think the mentality at the top is uh, open enough to be at the same level as uh, some other teams who are more advanced in terms of uh, science and technology. There's a great scene in the documentary about them on Netflix where one of their directors is like, we got to make the race hard for the final climb. And Pachi Vila, who I don't know if he's working with the team anymore, but really smart guy was like, no, absolutely not. Cause we're not as strong as the other riders. So if we make the race hard, we will get dropped. We shouldn't do that. And it was if they had never thought of this before. This was mm-hmm. like new news to them. So that yeah. made me wonder about how Pachivila is leaving, by the way. He's he's going back to Bora. Which is a that's not a good sign. That guy mm-hmm. is very sharp. And I think he was like a much needed breath of fresh air on the team. The fact that he's going to Bora is good for Bora, bad for Movistar. Should we move on to Teo Gegenhart from Ineos to to Little Trek? Kind of, I would say the quietest of these moves. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if people really think about Teo as a, like a superstar GC rider, but you know, you said this in our in our text conversation. Three Grand Tour winners changed teams, and Teo is one of them. There's three former Grand Tour winners. Uh, won the 2020 Giro d'Italia. I thought he looked like he could have won this year's before he crashed out with a broken hip. 
I listened to him kind of talk about his recovery on the cycling podcast with Daniel Freebay, and it sounded kind of intense, but mm-hmm. let's just assume he's back to full strength. He will be back to full strength in 2024. We're operating under, the, under that assumption. What do you think of this move and why do you think it's happening? This was one of the weirder ones to me, why he would leave Ineos and why Ineos wouldn't try to keep him. Yeah, uh, obviously, I think, um, you know, as you say, he was on great on great form this year. You know, from the from the beginning of the season, I saw, uh, if I remember correctly, the Tour of Valencia. Uh, he was already very strong. I think he won a stage there, uh, but he was super strong, and and in the Giro, he was strong until he crashed. Um, he was the only one, I think, who who could who could follow. Uh, yeah, who could follow Primoz Roglic uh, together with. Yeah, and then and then afterwards, then Geraint Thomas came back the day that yeah. Evan Poole got dropped on. A, so this was in the beginning of the Giro. Then unfortunately, he has that crash, and you know, a crash like that, an injury like this, is you know, it's 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 a risk. It all depends. You know, we all we all know back in the days what happened to Belocchi. It ended his career. Uh, Chris Froome, look what happened to Chris Froome after his crash. You know. Uh, I don't know. It's the. I mean, it's probably not the same. Uh, the same, but still, it is a very important uh, injury. And um, if that's the reason why Ineos was, you know, so easy to let him go, or I don't know if that if at the moment that Theo got the offer, uh, what what there was going on within Ineos, you know, now finally we see also that you know there's been a lot happening in Ineos internally, you know, with Rod Ellingworth. Uh, that's maybe one of the transfers of the of the season, him yeah. him leaving Ineos. Um, but uh, but you know, I mean, he goes to a team that for sure really believes in him. Uh, signed uh, a long term deal, which is you know is important uh, to a little track. Uh, little track, obviously, it's clear that their budget has increased uh, you know significantly with all the signings they've done. Um, and I think it's a good move. I think it's a good move for Teo. You know, he he's going to be the sole leader for GC, which uh, at Ineos was never going to be the case. And um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's going to depend on how he recovers. He's going to need some time. But uh, you know, if 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 everything heals properly, uh, there's no reason why he couldn't be back at his level. Yeah, I think I wrote between 2020, it was maybe 2021, 2022, that Teo Gegenhardt should leave and go to Trek Segafredo, which is what they were at the time. Oh, really? Oh, and then so they, now I'm like, I'm I'm fully supportive of this. I thought this should have happened for years. Perfect marriage. Little Trek needs a GC leader. I think maybe a mistake to go after. Didn't they sound like Vincenzo? They just kept signing guys at the end. You know, it'd be like Alberto yeah. Contador, Vincenzo Nibali. I think they learned from their lesson. I mean, Teo's only 28. Let's say Enios didn't pursue him because of the injury. I like the risk. You know, let's say he doesn't recover. It's like, well, it's a risk you had to take. If you're little Trek, you're never going to get the top, top guy. Tao mm-hmm. Gagenhart is kind of like a, uh, I'm trying to say this kindly, like a budget version of a really, really top GC rider. I think he, when he's fit and healthy, he can compete with the best guys. Um, you look at his power numbers from the zero in 2020. I guess technically it wasn't a full three week stage race, but. He was putting out serious watts per mm-hmm. kilos, um, like as good as anybody in the sport. Yeah. So I love this for Little Trek. I think this is what they've needed for a long time. I don't totally understand. I know. So Ineos was going to lose Carlos Rodriguez. They bring him back. They do what they have to do financially to get him back. 
I, they I don't, paid a million. Totally they paid a million euros to Eusebio. So he's, you know, Eusebio is there for a reason. He's, Who then he's, turned he's, around and, <laughs> and gave that to uh, to Nairo. But I don't totally understand. I don't. Maybe they. Maybe he just didn't want to come back. But it, it seems like homegrown talent like this, and just to let him go. And and what you say about being a clear leader at Little Trek, that's a huge. I feel like a huge problem with Ineos yeah. recently. Like I was remember watching a late season race. It was like Luke Plapp, Magnus Sheffield, Ethan Hader. It kind of felt like instead of, it's not like they're all sprinting against each other. It's like everyone thinks that they're a domestique for the other person, but the other person also thinks they're a domestique for that person. Mm-hmm. And they, you kind of get this jumble of, they don't ever really name like this guy is our leader. We will ride for him. And which then gives that person confidence and allows them to make decisions in the race, knowing that they're the leader. It just was like a flat structure. Like if you want to be the leader, you have to prove it. You even saw this back with like the Froome Wiggins mess and what was that 2012 where you'd Froome dropping Wiggins and it worked for a long time. I think just the excellence of Wiggins and Froome, Garrett Thomas, Bernal kind of papered in, but even the Bernal tour win. If you go back, there was weird stuff with Garrett Thomas that year that I thought almost jeopardized their win. The fact that they never would just like pound on the table and say, this is our leader. I know you did this as a team manager at the, at the Volta where you had Levi Leipheimer and Contador and you just said, sorry, this is our leader. This is who we're going with. And it gives that person the role. And the fact that he didn't have that at Ineos, I think is probably one of the main reasons he's leaving to go to little Mm -hmm. track. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and also, I mean, I repeat, the budget at Little Trek is is you know they they have room for for good contracts. I mean, they signed Theo Gegenhardt, but they also signed, for example, I mean, I think they signed ten or eleven new guys. Uh, but you know, Jonathan Milan, that's you know big a big sign, also a big signing, and uh, and Andreo Bagioli, you know, two guys who can win races. Um, and this is what also what I like about Theo. You know, I mean, he's he is a he is a Grand Tour winner, but he's also capable of. He's a winner. You know, he can yeah. win. He can win races. Uh, he knows how to sprint in small groups and um, is smart uh, in finals of races. So, I think they need that guy at Little Trek. Hey, I'm just going to take a second here and tell you about our partners at HVMN who've created Ketone IQ. It really is amazing. I think it was back in 2019. We were we were going on the show and explaining to people what ketones were and how the Peloton was using it. What is it? What have we uncovered here? And now, uh, if I mention ketones to someone personally, they're like, oh, yeah, of course, they know about it. It's becoming a part of everyone's daily routine, part of their physical being, part of their fitness everything. Now, personally, I like to use it as a daily supplement for more for mental clarity and focus. Um, it, I've definitely noticed a difference with that. Got the rest of the family trying it now every day. And once it becomes part of your daily routine, it's a thing. You can get 30% off. Just get a regular subscription to ketone, ketone IQs. Just get them delivered on a regular basis. You don't even think about it. Uh, throw some in, in the cabinet. Throw some in your fridge. The travel ones. Now, this is the big one. Those of you watching on YouTube, this is the big one that I use daily to keep in the fridge. That's 10 different uh, doses, basically. And then you have the little travel packs that are that are just great. I throw one of those in my bag anytime I go anywhere. But again, 30% off. 
get the regular subscri- subscription. Give it three to six months. Just try it. And I guarantee you, you'll notice an, a difference in your physical well-being and your mental alertness. 30% off. Go to HVMN.com slash the move. Again, visit HVMN.com slash the move and subscribe upon checkout for 30% off. Yeah, little trick. I think we're doing like a more in-depth transfer show next week. So we'll kind of get into... I think they've had a really good offseason, one of the best ones in the sport. Ineos, one of the worst ones. Like if you just measure their pro cycling stats points in versus out, this is the second year Ineos has had the worst, the biggest outflow of PCS mm. points. And losing Rod Ellingworth doesn't seem like that's a great situation inside the team. But we can get into that in more depth next week. And and uh, before we go on with our love letter to Teo Gagenhart, let's go to Primoz Roglic, who's going from Yumbo to Bora on the surface, you look at this and you say, you know, you could say a couple things. You say, wow, that's a big loss for Yumbo. I think he was their longest tenured rider. No, I guess Robert Hessink would be their longest tenured rider. But one of the yeah. main guys of the new team, most frequent winner, I believe. And yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. strong Primoz, guy Primoz Roglic is, I think Primoz Roglic is solely responsible to, to put Jumbo where they are. Coming from back in the days, Lotto Jumbo. Uh, and, and they were like at the bottom of the first division. Like Lotto NL, remember those years? Lotto those NL, yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, that's obviously that was a surprise move, um, a bit a bit of a consequence of all the, you know, the we we, we talked about before about the potential uh, merger. Uh, in the midst of all that, that happened. So, um, um, I'm not saying it's a consequence of that because I, I personally think that. And from what I've been reading is that Primos, uh, especially after the Vuelta, uh, where he f- was kind of told to, you know, not attack anymore uh, on, on the third last stage, I think, um, he felt like he needed to move on. Um, I think it's logical also for a guy like him, you know, if he still wants to have a shot at the Tour de France, he needed to leave because, you know, Jumbo Visma is or, no, or Visma lease a bike next year. They're all in for for Jonas, of course, and rightfully so. So, um, and I think there Pluga did a really smart move. You know, I think that's the transfer of the year on all sides. First of all, for Primos himself, rumored amount is six million euros a year, which is huge. Uh, Three year deal, um, and. Uh, and a one million, uh, one uh, no, sorry, a three million euro buyout. So, if you look at, uh, I mean, I've heard that Primos was making four million at uh, at Jumbo. So for next year, that's a seven million benefit <laughs> operation yeah, for Pluga. That's not bad. That's a nice co-sponsor without having to advertise it, without having to give away the real estate on the jersey. So uh, smart move. You know, Primoz is at, you know, he's in the, in the fall of his career, let's say. He's still able to win really nice races, but they had to make a choice there. And I think uh, it's logical that they, they bet everything on, on Jonas and on Sepp Kuss and on Wout van Aert and, and on some new guys who are coming from their development team. Um, but yeah, I mean, Primoz to Bora... Uh, it's interesting, you know. Bora is not to be underestimated. You know, they're they're doing really a good job, and they're they're working really well. 
They also hired Dani Martinez from Ineos, a strong addition also. So if that combination uh, works with Primos and, and Dani Martinez, that could be a very dangerous duo. Yeah, that actually there, there was like a point in time, maybe I had lost my mind where I was trying to argue Danny Martinez was the strongest rider at Ineos. But that's another rider that I'm surprised that they just let go. Like mm-hmm. that guy is really good. I feel like much better than his results at Ineos say he is a huge, huge addition for Bora. Bora has kind of suffered with this. And you, there's one way you could look at, at this and say, you're going to pay a 34-year-old rider 6 million euros a year, and you're going to pay a 3 million euro buyout deal. Like that seems a little risky. But I think what they've deduced is like they have Vlasov, got seventh at the Vuelta. Um, Kain Udebrooks, some weird stuff going on there. We should talk about that. Eighth at the Vuelta, could be great in the future, probably not there yet. And then like Emmanuel Bookman, you have a lot of good but not great riders and then you can just kind of plug in yeah vlasov you can just plug in primos and boom you have a potential tour de france contending team right there i guess if he goes on to win the tour yumbo looks a little silly but in my opinion you're committed to Jonas at this point you kind of had to move on from primos i like this for both for i guess for yumbo for bora and the fans like this is fun that we get to watch mm-hmm. primos race against his old team i think this is better for the sport because you don't have primos and Jonas kind of working for each other we get to see a better race because of this yeah yeah for sure but, for sure and and it also shows the 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 still uh, ambition of primos roglic you know he could he could have easily said hey listen i'm staying here you know i'm paid very very well like royally paid I can stay here for another two or three years. You know, the big star, somebody else, whatever I do is fine. You know, yeah. Uh, he absolutely wants to win that that Tour de France. Um, you know, he won the Vuelta, he won the Giro. It's the only one left, so uh, it's now or never for Primos. And they're paying you four million euros a year, at, theoretically at Visma, Lisa Bike, or whatever it's going to be called to specifically not contest the wins like that's nice <laughs> that's a nice life um it, it says a lot about him that he turned that down but i i think it's a i think bora is in a really interesting position i had never heard this before george hincapi said this on a move podcast that they paid for primos by like they were not spending their entire budget the last few years to save up money to sign a big star. Had you, had you heard this before, Johan? Uh, I've 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 heard some rumors about that. Yeah, that they 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 had, they were building a reserve into the budget over the years to to make a big signing. Let's not forget also, Spencer. Let's not forget the factor specialized. Specialized is a huge factor also here, yeah. and we know how they go after riders specifically individually. So the six million. Uh, the six million uh, of uh, of primos will not entirely come out of the Bora budget. Out of the team yeah, budget. I mean, it specializes to deduce that star riders sell bikes; that they're a very star-driven brand. They sell very expensive bikes, so they better be winners and worth it. They're not owned by a big conglomerate. Like, I guess you could debate that. I think Merida has a large stake in them. But let's get it before we go. Uta Brooks, like the young GC star on Bora, very young. I think he was 20, 20 years old this year. Is he? I've heard rumors that he's maybe leaving the team before mm. the start of the next season. That seems unlikely since we're now closing in on you the know, start of the season. He wasn't, he was, 
first of all, he's done an amazing, for, for a 20 year old, he's done an amazing season, several top tens in big world tour, uh, stage races and eight in the Vuelta. Um, I think he has a big future now, how far he can get that's different. That's, that's a different, that's a different game, but, uh, we've all seen his, his comments during the Vuelta that he was really unhappy with the, the, you know, the collaboration with Vlasov. Vlasov was kind of, I mean, in Outerbrook's words, he was kind of racing against Outerbrook's or he was racing to be the first Bora. Which, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, I think that's and, true, know, like objectively true if you go back and watch the race. Yeah. And, uh, and of course now with the addition of Primos, uh, it's, you know, Outerbrook's is a young talent, very ambitious. So bringing Primos in, is kind of putting him, you know, already if he's one step below Vlasov, now he's on step three, right? With with Primos yeah. there. And maybe Dani Martinez is, is, is you know. So um, he's manifested his discontent, I would say. And uh, there are interested parties. Um, I don't know if it's still possible. Um, you know, he has a contract for next year. Uh, that's what the manager of Bora said. And, uh, for the moment he said, you know, we, we assume that he's going to stay. I mean, you know, if you're a manager, if you're a team manager and, and you are sure you say, Hey, he's not going anywhere. He has a contract for next year. He's staying here after his contract finishes. He can do what he wants. You know, so I don't know what to really make of, of that interview of, of Ralph Denk, uh, the Bora manager. Uh, there are negotiations going on, and uh, I, I've heard that Ineos is in prime position for uh, for Kian Uytebroeks. So, you know, if that's still to happen, it's I mean, it's possible. I mean, I don't know. I mean, nowadays, I mean, there's been a time where uh, when a rider had a contract, you couldn't go anywhere. And the last few years, we're starting to go more and more towards. Uh, a buying and selling industry like uh, like European soccer, right? Like when you when players are traded to other teams, and the same is starting to happen with uh, with cyclists. I'm not necessarily against that because I think it 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 it's it's just it's good for the sport. It's good for the sport, especially good for the cyclists because it increases the salaries. Yeah, and it if he doesn't want to be there, he shouldn't have to stay there. And that's probably not good for the team to have them there if he doesn't want to be there. It's a little weird to me. A, it's like, man, if I had a million dollars for every time Ineos was linked to a young rider this year, I'd have $3 million. But <laughs> it's like, that makes me like not trust it. But it's also a bit strange, I guess, on both parties. Because for Ineos, do you need another like yet-to-be-developed GC rider? You kind of need a winner. Like They already have Carlos Rodriguez. They, they've run through endless amounts of guys who should have been good GC riders. Like they just, yeah, Luke Spencer, Clapp but, just left the team. Okay. But there's no, who's available. There's nobody. Of, I mean, if you look, there's, you have, you have Jonas, you have today, you have Primos uh, and who else? Right. <laughs> Teo and, and Remco. Should have been and, the one and, that they. And signed. Remco. So if those four are not, I mean, they've tried Remco. They've tried hard. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I would go. For, I would go for Keanu Brooks. I would go for him. But then, so if you're if you're him, 
do you look at Ineos and say, I trust this team to develop me? They don't have a GM. Yeah. yeah. Who who gets better at that team, I guess would be my question. I mean, they they, they do have some good right. I mean, let's let's not I mean Carlos Rodriguez. Well, they have good riders, but who's that? Carlos Rodriguez has developed in that team. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh Tom Pitcock didn't get any well, worse. Well, would you say <laughs> he did I I don't know. I mean I think his, I don't know. I if I stacked his seasons up, I think you could argue that he's gotten worse on the road every season he's been with them. Mm. But there's other things going on there. Yeah, well, I, I think I think I, I, you know, and especially now that Ineos needs somebody, I think for for Ken Oetebroeks, it would probably be a good environment. It all depends what's happening also internally. You know, with with Ellingworth gone, who's going to come in? What's going to happen? Uh, I've heard rumors that Brailsford was going to be more involved again. Then I've heard that that's not the case, that he's actually going to be more detached because he's more and more involved in the other sports project of, um, of uh, what's his name? Uh, Ratcliffe, Jim Ratcliffe. Yeah. Uh, football, so, soccer. So, um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's happening there. It, you know. It must be it must be strange internally, I think, because if you see if you see the reaction of Grain Thomas on the leaving of Ellingworth, he was shocked and you know disgusted. He said, um, "So I don't think anybody saw that coming." No, I thought that was weird. It's just oddly handled on all parts. I don't. I guess I heard a theory that they'll maybe bring in like a non-cycling person to run the team. I don't know. Mm-hmm. If I love that, like you hear stories about um, Railsford running Manchester United, mm-hmm. which yeah, that that kind of makes me worry too, because that's going to take a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of energy. What are they going to do with the cycling team? If I was Udebrooks, I'd say I'm on a pretty good team and I trust myself to be better than Alexander Vlasov. Like if if you're not, if you cannot prove yourself to be better than him definitively, then you have other problems. And Primos is 34 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. I like he's not going to be around forever. So I would probably stay put if I was him. I think it all comes down to the money. That's true. And if they just paid, we were just talking how much they paid. Yeah, for Primoz, I mean, so you know, might not have let's a- not forget, Outerbrook signed there uh, at a very young age. He was in their development team actually as a, as an under 23. I mean, as a as a 18, 19 year old rider. Uh, so, you know, he obviously, he signed for a good contract, but not a huge contract, uh, probably signed a three-year deal, uh, initially. So mm, I think that's obviously something that also come into the game because he's now going to want more money and, uh, this Bora still has the means to increase that, yeah. that contract that it's interesting enough for Arthur Brooks to stay. That's a that's a good point. And if kids, if if someone's going to pay you more money and you can move to Monaco and not pay tax on it, do that. That's my advice. Um, don't listen to me about jibber jabber about the team strength. But you said something I just want to touch on before we go. I, I was thinking, oh, Yumbo Visma, bad offseason. They lost Primoz Roglic. That's not good. You said they're maybe stronger for 2024 because of who they've added. Yeah, well, I mean, they lose Roglic, uh, but... You know, if the focus is if the focus is the tour, um, they have to you know they have to make a choice. So I think the choice of of betting everything on on Jonas 
uh, for the tour and on uh, Van Aert for the classics. And, um, uh, and, and, you know, let's not forget, Sepp Kuss won the Vuelta. So, uh, you know, if you have to let one go, I would let him go also. Uh, you know, he's, he was expensive and uh, he's at the, at the end of his career. So um, I think with the addition, for example, of, uh, of Matteo Jorgensen, who I expect great things from at Jumbo Visma, and uh, another big talent, Ben Tulet, coming yeah. from Ineos. Uh, those two, I think, add a lot of value in the, in the depth of the team. Uh, yes, Primoz is gone and they're going to miss Primoz. You know, I mean, Primoz, I mean, wins the Vuelta, wins the Giro, wins, you know, uh, Tirreno Adriatico, Catalunya. Uh, they're going to miss that. Uh, but at, in depth, I think that they got stronger. Um, if you look at the support riders they lost and what they've added, plus the talent that's coming from the development team, let's not forget, we're going to talk about that in another podcast. They have some really, really strong riders coming up. Yeah, I was just looking um, at their development riders coming up. These guys yeah, are pretty good. Yeah, yeah, really good, <laughs> really good. Uh, and so I think I think uh, in depth they they did a really good job in the off season, Jumbo. Or and Visma. before we go, concerning Visma, is Wow going to win this Giro? Is Wow going to race this Giro? What's going on with this? He's going to race the Giro. He's going to race the Giro. I'm surprised to 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 see that or to hear that also. Um, but um, I don't really know what, I mean, uh, one or two years ago, he said he was not interested at all in going for GCs in Grand Tours. Um, let's not forget, the Giro is a special race. Yeah, uh, There's two time trials. Um, I think, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, 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 yeah, there's longer two time, time trials. trials. They're pretty long. Uh, but above all, the Giro is the only Grand Tour that has really deep pockets for stars. Yeah, yeah. This was my theory too. And, <laughs> you know, that's the reason why Van Aert goes to the Giro. There's no, I mean, <laughs> we were all surprised to see Mathieu van der Poel race the Giro last year, right? Yeah. Why do you think he went? <laughs> well, that you you famously sent a pretty good rider to the Giro yourself. <laughs> well, well they the asked team... us. They asked us to come with with that rider, and they were very, very, very flexible. <laughs> so, you know, so many years later, it's still the case, and um, I think that's the main reason why why Vanard goes to the to the Giro um, now. If he goes, uh, he will, of course, you know, try to to win stages. Uh, it also it also depends on the competition, you know, if he can if he can get a good result or not, and and maybe he wants to use it as a test uh, to say, okay. Although I don't think it's you know uh, I, I personally don't think it's it's the best way for him to to go for a GC because he will focus on the classics. And the Giro straight yeah. up for the classic. So there is almost no time to specifically prepare for the Giro in his case. Um, so I think we're going to see uh, Walt Van Aert in the same capacity we saw Matteo van der Poel last year in the, in the Giro d'Italia. Yeah, well, that would be fun. And do, when the pockets are emptied, do they go, when the deep pockets open up, do they go to the team or the rider? How does that work? 
I mean, partly, I mean, the biggest part goes to the rider. Okay. But the team for sure will get, get compensated also to send, send Walt Van Aert to the Giro. Now, Spencer, speaking of the classics, um, I would like to take the opportunity to, to remind everybody, all our, our listeners and, and viewers, to check out our travel section on the We Do Team webpage. Um, you've all seen us uh, three years in a row in, in Mallorca. Um, we are doing next year the same thing for the classics. Uh, we invite 15 people, uh, limited to 15 people, 15 guests for uh, Strade Bianche, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Tour of Flanders, Sa Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Paris-Roubaix, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, for the VIP experience. Um, I highly recommend this experience. We have uh, George and I leading the group, uh, but for these races, we also have a special guest. For Strada Bianche, uh, it's in Italy, in Tuscany. We have uh, ex-world champion, ex-Giro winner, uh, Gianni Bugno as our guest who will stay with us for three days. And for Tour of Flanders and Paris-Roubaix, we have three-time winner and also ex-world champion, Johan Museu, uh, as our special guest. So I uh, invite everybody to check out the travel section on wedo.team and, and check it out. Yeah, it sounds awesome. Yeah, wedo.team, go to the travel tab and... Um, it's, it's like a can't miss experience. I would, I would highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. Well, thanks, Johan. This move plus is in danger of turning into a move. So we better take off and, but we'll be back <laughs> next week to kind of go into some of the implications of these moves in a little bit more depth. Um, do you have anything else to add before we go? Nope. That's it for me next week. We, we, uh, we will go more in detail about stuff. All right. Well, thanks so much. And we will talk to everyone soon. Yeah.